You are tuned into Your Voice, Your Power with Anika. Real lives, real stories, and real hope through transformational leadership. You have entered the safe zone. The safe space for creatives, executives, business leaders, dreamers, and leaders of the new school, sharing tips, tools, and resources to thrive with authenticity as authorities on a global scale. Transformation is power, and so is your truth. Stay tuned for the real deal with Anika and her guests. Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and today I have an amazing guest. And not only is she amazing, but she is on a sister island. I'm on Oahu, and she is in Maui. And I want to introduce someone that you may have seen, heard, or just fell in love with on the news, TV, or media. It is the amazing Malika Dudley. Hey, Malika. Oh, my gosh. What? No, you can't introduce me like that. You're just, oh, oh, thank you. Can I just carry you around in my pocket and bring you out whenever I feel down? (laughs) Yes, I would love to come over there and just roll with you because I've been trying to get over there for quite a while. (laughs) It's beautiful here. You know, I mean, we are in in an interesting time where whenever I hear someone say, I want to visit, I have these, this push and pull feeling you know, because of just what's happening in, I mean, not just with COVID and just, you know, that whole layer of that, but also um, the larger picture, right? That in Hawaii, we are struggling with uh, being a tourism economy and seeing what the overall impacts of that have been to, you know, the planet, right? In general and to our environment here. And so it's so funny when someone says, I want to visit my initial reaction is always like, oh, come, come. I want to see you. I want to be. And then there's like all these layers of like fear and, um, you know, responsibility. And (laughs) maybe that's something that happens when you get into your, you know, I'm almost 40. (laughs) We were talking about this right before. (laughs) It's funny because I'm from Florida. And so I've been wanting to go home and I'm like red red, 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 Never mind. I'm good. And everybody says, you're so lucky you're in paradise. I'm like, yeah, but there's a lot going on that I don't have access to because we're over here, but um, we're safer than most people. So it's like that catch 22, that mm-hmm. push and pull that you were talking about. I absolutely feel it. Cause I haven't been home in over a year. And so I'm like, well, at least I can go to the beach, which I just came back from about an hour ago. Yay. Yeah. But I'm not yeah. as bold as you cause you surf. I, well, I, but I've been surfing since I was little. So, you know, I feel like, 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 oh, it's just a thing. No, it's like (laughs) amazing. Well, okay. I can. Yes, it is amazing. If you've seen the images of me surfing with Brian Keolana or Rico Leroy, because they are world champion tandem surfers. So it's not me. It's them. They are great teachers. I'm, I'm 5'10". I'm like 130 pounds. I'm not an easy thing to lift over your head, especially when you're surfing. Um, but both of them are you know, world renowned surfers and champions. And so, yes, even when I see those images, I'm like, how is that even me? (laughs) Yep. That's, I I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh. So I was, I didn't even know what tandem surfing was. And so then I was looking and I was looking at the video and I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, but that's just courage. Like I go out in the morning Mm -hmm. to watch the surfers and I feel quite lazy because I'm sitting in my car with the windows down. And I even see these like 60 year old men out here and women and kids. And I'm looking at them and I'm like on the mainland, you don't have an appreciation for it as much because I go out in the morning because it gives me strength. It gives me courage. I'm watching these people fight the waves. I'm watching these people waiting the patience, you know, for the right time. I mean, of course, I'm a psychologist. I am breaking down surfing on a regular basis and it's meditation for me. But I'm, I'm looking at them and I'm like, but this is a mindset. It's completely conceptual to life. You know, they get up, they go out early. The early bird catches the worm. They get their little surf on, their little workout, their mind right. And then they get in the car, go home, get dressed and go to work. 
And I'm like, this is, it's a lifelong lesson for me. And anytime I have challenges, I go out there and watch it because it gives me motivation. You know, that this is, it's all in the mind. It is. And there is research out there that says that surfers go into flow when they are surfing. And so there's definitely a psychological element to it. So that's interesting that you picked up on that. Um, and in addition to that, here in Hawaii, surfing for Native Hawaiians is cultural. And so mm -hmm. there's this other layer of just feeling connected, not just to the planet and the environment and the ocean, but to who you are in your core and your ancestors. So I, that just gave me chicken skin, you know, yeah, so there, for some people it can, it's, mm -hmm. it's really a deep experience and mm -hmm. I should surf more often, <laughs> but I got two kids. I'm a mom. I have two kids. So, you know, it's, I, I could, shoulda, woulda, coulda, I could do it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely true. So you do have two kids. So can you introduce yourself, tell people that aren't from Hawaii or have not seen you, who is Malika Dudley? Oh, loaded question for anyone. <laughs> who are you? <laughs> um, well, I was born and raised on the island of Hawaii on the Hamakua coast. So it's on the Hilo side of the island. If you are not from Hawaii, you're probably trying to position that in, in relation to the volcano. Um, we're about 45 minutes from the volcano. And my parents actually lived there for a little while, which was so cool because whenever we would go and visit, we would go to the volcano at night and see the red glow and experience that. And my sister she speaks Hawaiian fluently and so she would do an oli and it was like a deep like kind of spiritual um cultural experience for us whenever we did that um but that's an aside so I'm from the big island I went to public school my entire life um the elementary school I went to was like fourth from the bottom in performance um so I really I owe a lot to my parents. They were educators. They are educators and they taught at the university and they just kind of instilled in us the go-getter attitude and the hard work ethic side of things. Um, growing up though, I think I put, a, just looking back, obviously I wouldn't change anything, but looking back, I feel like I really uh, put a, a little too much emphasis on um, attaining goals and achievement rather than looking within. And so I feel like I, a lot of my validation, maybe even up until to my twenties was external type of validation mm -hmm. where, mm -hmm. you know, getting the straight A's, right. Um, I went to the University of Hawaii at Manoa. I was a Regent scholar. So I, I had my university paid for, which was awesome. Um, and my, you know, I'm the oldest of four. So I knew my parents had three more kids coming up and, but it wasn't just that. I mean, I was valedictorian. So everybody ex expected me to go to Stanford where I wanted to go. And I, I applied to a bunch of Ivy leagues, but I just kept getting rejection letters in the mail. And, and so when I got the Regent scholarship, it wasn't like a woohoo moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it was mm -hmm. like a, oh, okay, I guess I have a backup plan. Yeah. And then it became my, my main plan, the only plan. And I look back on that and I'm just so thankful that things happened the way that they did because staying in Hawaii, um, and now that you live here, you probably understand a little more just how important it is to be a part of the community and to network and to have those years of, of being here and going to UH and the people that I now know, because now that I'm older, I do realize that life is all about relationships and the relationships that I've been able to build um, through the different goals that I've achieved. Those are really what stand out to me now when I look back on life. So I got my first year of my master's program finished and I ran for Miss Hawaii. It was my second time running. The first time I was fourth runner up and I just, I decided like once I got that fourth runner up, I was like, okay, next year it's me. And mm -hmm. the next day I wrote out my entire plan and I had like a whole, you know, I, I, sketched out what my dress would look like. And I um, had a list of songs that I could sing for my talent. And who was I going to talk to, to um, be better in interview. And, 
and it just felt right, you know? And so I did capture the crown that next year and I went to Miss America. I did not place at Miss America, but I was um, given the title of Miss Congeniality, which to this day is one of the, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, it's an honor that was given to me by my fellow contestants. And so it just means so much to me. But I don't attribute it really just to who I am. <laughs> you ask me, who am I? Um, in Hawaii, we we live this way. It, it's all about the aloha spirit. You've probably heard that, and it feels cliche after a while. But truly, it's about family. It's about ohana and about being there for each other and lifting each other up and thinking about the other person. And and so the lessons that I've learned, you know translated into, I guess, when I was at Miss America. And the funny thing is, is they had discontinued unofficially, they had discontinued it because Miss Hawaii kept winning Miss Congeniality. <laughs> so <laughs> there was a track oh, record. Wow. There was definitely a track record. And then they brought it back 32, 36 years later, more than 30 years later. And Miss Hawaii gets it right. And since then, Miss Hawaii has taken it home several times. And so I always say, oh, it's wow. not me, it's Hawaii. Um, and then I made like a huge shift. Miss Hawaii was a really tough year for me. Um, it's an unpaid job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and so that year, my taxes, you know, like how much did I make that year? Um, I was at poverty level. I think I made $10,000 that entire year. And if I didn't have my parents paying for my rent and um, events to go to, I, I remember calling people up and saying, do you have an event I could go to tonight? Like, so that I could eat dinner, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, but I was driving a Benz because you get a Benz when you're Miss Hawaii. <laughs> so it's very, for a 23 year old, I mean, how confusing is that? And I was taking Accutane because I've always had issues with my skin and that was making me depressed. And so that year was really, really tough. When I came out of that year, I immediately just felt like I need a job. And, I, you know, I, I wish looking back, it's always been a regret that I didn't go back to school and finish my master's program, but it just felt like what I needed to do in that moment. And so I became an elementary school French teacher. My mother is a, a French, she's from Algeria. So we speak French in the home and she was a French professor at UH Hilo. And so I developed curriculum and I I've always been a teacher. Like that's always been my, my passion is instruction. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it was amazing to, basically start from scratch and develop curriculum for kindergarten through fifth grade and, and teach them a new language. And I love that job so, so much, but I happened to meet the right people at the right time at a nightclub was the right time. <laughs> the right people were the news director for KGMB. And, um, I mean, the rest was history. I really knew nothing. I, I knew nothing about the news industry. I knew nothing about weather. I didn't watch TV. And here I am in a position sitting in my French office and I have a card for the news director and I write him an email saying, hi, I met you last night and you said to email you. And so he writes back and he goes, yeah, you should come in to read. And I'm, I'm like, really? Okay. Um, and he tells me, okay, here's an AP news release. Please write me a 30 second VO. And I write back, what's the AP? What is a VO? About how long is 30 seconds? Could you give me an example? <laughs> and he goes like LMAOing right now. <laughs> like, yes, but it's true, right? Uh, truth is stranger than fiction. And he wrote back. He wrote back and I wrote a God awful VO, which is a voiceover for everyone who doesn't know that. And the AP is the Associated Press, which is, uh, you know, <laughs> they send out news releases uh, nationally, globally to newsrooms. And I went in and the main news anchor at the time, who is still one of our main news anchors here, Kiahi Tucker, was behind the desk. And they told me to sit next to him and to read my God awful voiceover with him. And it was awful. It really was. But my dad's a tsunami expert. And for some reason, they put breaking news into the teleprompter. And it was that there was a tsunami. And so I was able to kind of riff with him mm -hmm. about this 
fake tsunami that was coming. And then they threw me on the weather wall and the weather guy was sitting beneath the camera and everything's backwards, right? When it comes to weather, like on a weather wall, if you put your right hand out, it looks like your left hand is going out. Um, And I remember Jeff Booth was his name and he was sitting underneath the camera and I'm putting my hand out and I'm miked, but I'm whispering under my breath, Jeff, what's that? And he goes, clouds. And that is basically what my first interview was like, but surf came up and we just talked about how I'm a surfer. And so when surf came up, I was able to kind of just be myself Mm -hmm. and, oh my gosh, just ankle slappers up North. But if you want to jump in the water, get your dawn session on, go, go, go to town. We've got three to five foot faces, whatever it was that I said, I can't remember, but, um, yeah, I I went in for four interviews and finally on the four, I thought, I didn't think I got it. On the fourth interview, they said, we have this box of overqualified people. And for some reason, we keep coming back to you. And basically what they told me was my resume, um, looking at my resume and the things that I had achieved and that, you know, just in such different, I'm mm-hmm. well-rounded was basically mm-hmm. what they said, that mm-hmm. I'm well-rounded and they felt like I was teachable. And because I'm local and I have some experience with, you know, different things, they just, yeah, they felt like I had potential and that doesn't happen very often in this industry. I always encourage, like right now I'm really good friends with my GM. Um, and he's amazing. And I, I encourage him all the time, like, do not discount the young person who's willing to learn, you know, or even the old person who's willing to learn, you know, to like, look at the whole person. And I know it's important to have experience, but you can, you can learn on the job. And if you're a hard worker, you can do that much quicker. And so I've had a very strange path to, you know, becoming an Emmy nominated meteorologist and Murrow award winner. And, you know, all of these accolades, um, it's been, yeah, it's been a journey. It's been really strange. So I enrolled in the broadcast meteorology program. It's a three-year program with Mississippi state distance learning. And I did that, uh, completed it. Once I completed it, I re- I resigned because <laughs> I was pregnant and I moved to the big Island because there's only news stations on Oahu. And so I was yep. kind of forced mm-hmm. into that. And so if you fast forward another, gosh, how old is he now? He's going to be nine and five days. So you fast forward nine years. And this past year I was laid off by, I was working for like a digital news entity website for about six years. And I was laid off because of COVID. And a few months later, everyone was working from home. And so for me, the silver lining was that my current news director, she said, why not? Why, why can't she work from a neighbor Island? And I have not worked from the studio one day. And I've worked, I've been with KITV for more than a year and I work from right out there on my porch and I'm live on the news doing weather. So that was a, sorry, that was long, but it was the short version of the long story. (laughs) It was beautiful. I mean, I literally have a million notes, but I mean, I've followed your journey and looked at your timeline and people often think that things don't go together, but your story is what builds your character. It's your expertise. It's the foundation of who you are and where you're going. And so the the one thing that I got out of everything you just said, not the one thing, but the thing that strikes me is it seems like it's been more than a year because I've been on Oahu since 2019. And I feel like I know you and your daughter because I see her in your lap all the time and I watch you and you're talking about Maui and the rainbows and the weather. And little did I know that you weren't really a meteorologist, you know, to start. And you have like this personality and this poise that just captures your heart when you are in front of a camera. And so I love to see where you are and to know what happened before, because my mission in life is to help people understand that it's not about what you've been through. You know, oftentimes we focus on how many interviews it took or how catastrophic (laughs) that email might've been. But then to look at, you know, your positioning, like where you've been, 
even making decisions like moving to a neighboring island, knowing that there's, you know, less resources, less opportunities, but following your heart and then the opportunities follow thereafter. Not to mention, seems to me that you're also a trendsetter because a lot of us, you know, with me having a remote business, I struggle. I struggle a lot with isolation. I struggle with disconnection. I struggle with not being able to meet the people I've worked with for several years and then meeting them and feeling awkward to touch them. You know, I'm like, okay, this is weird because it's not really you because like you're four feet shorter than I thought you were. You know, it's all these things because we're having to adapt to a new normal or even write our own story and create our own path. You know, we're told that we're supposed to follow a specific timeline or a specific path. I mean, you were the valedictorian. You went to UH Manoa. I mean, I was just talking about how beautiful it is. And for people that aren't from here, they may not understand those things, but to your point, you're driving a Benz and you're broke. And so what I got from that story is that the path to success doesn't look like what people think it looks like. It absolutely does not. And you said that, you know, you get that as a prize, but we, we often have a perception of what success looks like. And that's not, it's not monetary. It's not accolades. It's not any of that, but it's actually the journey. Absolutely. Yep. And, you know, um, a part of the story that I, I didn't share is the most recent part with my master's degree and, and this, the podcast, but um, to maybe skip past that for a minute, it's, that is why my, this vision for this podcast was so important because it's about the struggles, you know, the struggles are what make everything else worth it, right? Like in the end, you look back and you go, wow, what did I learn from all of that stuff that I went through? But it's also recognizing that none of us are alone. Every mm. single one of us struggles. And so my podcast focuses on communication and communication research. And, you, you know, you're getting your PhD, like these articles that we read to inform us with the research that we had to do when we were in school, these are often paywalled and normal, regular laymen don't have access to them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they're enthralling, right? You're getting straight A's in your PhD program because I'm sure you read this stuff and you're going, oh my God, you just gobble it up. It's like, wow, this information is yep. information that people need to know. Mm -hmm. And so that's the whole point behind it is to acknowledge, okay? Because if you're listening to my podcast, you need to acknowledge that you have issues, <laughs> right? Like I got communication issues. You got communication issues. We all got communication issues. Everybody. So, <laughs> now that that's Everybody. out of the way, yep. let's learn together. Let's learn from the experts that have been researching this stuff for, you know, I mean, my latest episode is on deception and he has been researching deception for 30 years. This guy knows stuff, right? And, you know, we can go down to the basics. I, I love just having people define things that you you go, wait, duh. Like, of course I know what deception is. But mm -hmm. It's deeper you know, than that. It's so deep. Um, today, actually, the audiogram I posted was his definition of honesty, which is that his definition of honesty, I'm going to pull it up so that I don't get it incorrect, but... His definition of honesty is, I would differentiate honesty and bluntness. You can be honest and not be rude. You can still have some privacy and still be honest. So you don't have to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth and every little detail. Honesty is a lack of the deceptive element that you would find in deception. Right. So doesn't that just get your yes. gets your juices flowing where society tells us one thing, we grow up knowing one thing, but it's so amazing to hear someone say that based on the research that he's done, that there is a place for 
the little untruths that help to social smooth. There is a place for being honest, but not brutally honest, because when it comes to communication, what's the whole point of the communication, right? It's to help build and maintain relationships. Mm -hmm. So how do we communicate in order to achieve that goal? Well, here are some tools. You know, um, so I guess to, to back up a part of the story I kind of um, glossed over was in 20 the master's degree. So if we go <laughs> back in time a little bit in 2019, um, I really felt like I hit rock bottom and it was really tough. I felt like I completely lost myself. I didn't know who I was anymore. I felt like I was on autopilot. I felt like <sighs> just lost. And there were a few things that happened. I went to this gathering with a bunch of women who I didn't know very well, but I was handpicked by who is a girl who is now my, one of my best friends, Kaimana, to come to this 2019, 19 for 2019 gathering. And she chose women that she felt needed this. And when we sat down together and talked about our hopes and dreams and the things we'd like to, to do and see, and it wasn't necessarily a list of goals. It was like a list of possibilities and framing it in that way helped us to really be vulnerable and share and to understand that, you know, if, even if we feel lost, other people are, are going through similar or different, mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. you know, we're all going through our stuff. And that helped to kind of kickstart me on and wake me up, if you will, out of the autopilot. And then later that year, I, I became pregnant and it felt so right. You know, it just felt like we were on this upward swing and conceived on my birthday, found out the that I was pregnant on Mother's Day, you know, and, and then we lost the baby. <gasps> and um, I'd never had a miscarriage. And so it was a very confusing time, a very sad time. <sighs> Just, you know, again, kind of felt like I, I was rising and then it was like, and um, I don't even know why, but during that time, one of the things, one of the possibilities that came back into my vision was this idea of going back to school. And I don't know if it's because I had like this vision for my future with a third child or family looking different. And I actually... Um, when I went back to school, I also audited a class called storytelling here at the mm -hmm. Maui college. And my final, what is a six minute animated short, which maybe some of your listeners might be interested in, in viewing. It's all about the miscarriage. I, I was meditating one day and well, kind of, I was driving, but listening to meditation <laughs> and I had to pull over because this whole story just kind of unfolded in my mind. And I approached my professor and he connected me with a really amazing amateur um, animator. And we put this story to life and it's, you know, but that's kind of what kickstarted everything. And, and then I really felt like it felt unattainable and ridiculous <laughs> at 38 at the time. Yeah. 37 to be going back to school, but there were no barriers. Every person that I talked to said, go for it. Every, um, negative thing that I told myself about it was counteracted with someone saying, Oh no, your, your credits. Yeah, sure. They did expire <laughs> because it's been 16 years, but we will make sure that they're not, we'll write a letter, you know? Oh yeah. You live on another Island and you have to be on Oahu for class. Well, just apply 
and, you know, talk to your professors and I'm sure we can figure something out. And so I ended up flying over before COVID once a week and I would take a class the night before and then the morning and I, you know, I would fly back. So I was only gone, you know, a full 24 hours. Um, there were all these little things. And in addition to the little things that were no longer barriers, there were the little things that would happen where I was like, this is unreal. Like just the serendipity of it, the sign saying you are where you're supposed to be. Um, I talk about some of them in my episode zero, the making of a thesis baby, where I talk with my thesis advisor about the whole process and imposter syndrome and just all of that. We like really get into it. Um, but you know, one of the things, um, I'm going to tell a different story because I've told so many of the stories on different podcasts. So I'm going to give you a different one. So one of them, and it's kind of a really sad story, but at the same time, it just felt again, it was like, oh my gosh, you are where you're supposed to be. Um, unfortunately I had a friend who lost her husband and I was in New Zealand when I found out. And of course I wanted to be there for, for her, for the celebration of life, but because I'm flying back and forth from Oahu already, you know, I mean, my family is my priority. And so I knew that I probably wouldn't be able to make it to the celebration of life because it would probably be on a weekend. And, um, I get the date for the celebration of life and it's literally in the one pocket of time that I have when I would already be on Oahu for school and when I was off class and before I flew out. And so those types of moments just kept happening over and over and over again. I mean, mm-hmm. unbelievable, yep. right? Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So, yep. And the project was the podcast. And so I studied how to podcast. I knew nothing, you know, all this equipment, all of, you know, I'll, clearly I have a media background. So I, I have, you know, some kind of skill in that area, um, which was the whole point was to use, okay, identifying who am I? okay, who am I? Let's look back on my life and what am I good at? What do I Mm -hmm. like to do? What is my passion? And so I tried to couple this passion that I've always had for communication theory with what are my skills and my, my, my skill set, my talents, right? And so interviewing, um, public speaking, teaching, uh, translating, translating messages. So with weather, that's with news in general, that's what we do, right? We, we get the information, the facts, and then we have to package them is what it's called. So, um, take sound bites and, and write, you know, little pieces, voiceovers, mm-hmm. <laughs> we all know that word now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and create a one minute, you know, piece, which hopefully will give you the gist of a larger story. Um, and with a podcast, what's great about it is it's, it can be long form. And so now mm-hmm. I don't have to water things down so much. I don't have to just give you the sound bite. We can actually really discuss and break down. Like I said, this episode was about deception. Let's break it down. Let's really understand it. And now let's get those research-based strategies and figure out a way that we can apply these to our own lives. And so the podcast itself is the first part of the, um, the topic, if you will. So there's a bunch of different topics, but the first part is with the expert where we just learn and we get our research-based strategies and we get a foundation for whatever this issue is. And then the second part of it is I have a guest on and we break it down. You know, they've listened to that podcast episode and we talk about what we learned and we talk about how we've been deceived um, and, you know, what we could do better. Or maybe we analyze it now from that research-based perspective. hmm, I wonder if that person was actually lying or not. Oh yeah. That person is a prolific liar. (laughs) Oh, that person is a transparent liar, (laughs) you know, but also understanding that people are mostly honest and, and that is something that we should all know that we don't have to be so skeptical of Mm -hmm. others. And so on guard, because most of us are honest most of the time. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I mean, you know, of course I'm a researcher, and, and you are, you are making me think hard because in the last 48 hours, I've made some major decisions about my business, basically to stop hiding behind other people and just do me. Um, I've really, my passion is leadership and my whole business has been around helping people, you know, run their business because 
I found out that women don't even know their leaders. And so, you know, I, I went around it. But to your point, I think part of, first of all, communication is the foundation and the core of everything. And so I love your journey because it, it basically gives communication an opportunity. You know, we, we don't think about the fact that texting is communication, that, you know, body image, behavior, body language, like everything that we do is communicating a message. And so we, we take it for granted and we don't take the time to adapt, translate, you know, change it as we grow and, and mature and we get lost in translation, we get lost in communication in our marriages, in our partnerships, in our, you know, work and everything that we do. And there are times when we're not communicating to ourselves, but even being able to communicate what we really want to the world. You know, you went through these transitions. And that's the one thing that I think that, especially at 40, like I, in the last year, I've had this midlife, midlife crisis. You know, it's like I had one at 35 and then I had a bigger one at 40. It's like, what does my life really mean? Like, what am I really supposed to be doing? Like, I'm not in my 20s anymore. I'm not in my 30s. 30s was kind of like that, that test phase of those hard lessons. Now at 40, I'm like, okay, so this is setting the stage. What am I going to do from here on out? I want to streamline it, you know? And, and I think that that imposter syndrome, it, it just taps, it just, it just taps that, that, that nerve because it's like that wake up call, but it's like, but I don't know how to make it all make sense. And so we get lost in communicating to anybody, you know, what we really want at that point, because we're so busy doing what's comfortable or doing what we've been doing or people pleasing or doing all these things and not being able to really um, put the pieces together, you know, of our previous life to make it work for us, because I'm listening to your story and and you are a communications expert. And we often wait for that validation of that certificate or that person or that opportunity to tell us that we are what we think we are and we don't set out to do it. And so I'm looking, I mean, I've had a podcast for three years. You launched this podcast, what, in May? Um, about a month ago, so in August. Okay, even worse, August. And it's already what, number what? <laughs> Well, it launched at number 13 in social sciences, and we've been in the top 100 since um, in science as well. And we've ranked in New Zealand, Canada, Germany, uh, and two other countries. I can't, they're um, blowing my mind right now. They also blow my mind, but they're I'm mommy. I'm, I'm mommy braining right now. Um, but, you know, you were talking about the texting being communication and even body image and all that. I love that you brought those examples up because my first season is focused on communication and technology because I just felt like that was so relevant. So if yeah. you go to, you can either look up my name, Malika Dudley, which is easier than um, my made up name, which is communication podcast, <laughs> but it was, it, there's reason behind it because it's the beautification of communication, but it's also the unification of community. And I Ooh. love that those are my two goals. And that is what the podcast is called. And so the first five episodes, um, the first one is about social media and how we communicate on social media, how we, a researcher who has done research in hyperperception oh. comes on. So oh. this is how we observe things on social media. And we tend to think, especially when it's an interpersonal relationship, right? Like two people who seem to be close. And when we view their interactions online, we hyper perceive them. We perceive that their interactions might be more intense than what they actually are, right? Mm -hmm. We get FOMO because of these yep. hyper perceptions that we make. And so I loved this conversation with Dr. Spotswood, where she talks about the positivity bias and how we do present our best selves online. But you know what? It's not so different from real life. You know, we present our best selves to go to work. We present our best, you know, or we present ourselves in different ways in different parts mm -hmm. of our lives mm -hmm. in different roles that we play. Yep. And so it, I just loved that one. 
I had Jessica G from the bucket list family come on and she was the one that, that helped. She's a mega influencer. She has millions of, you know, the, the bucket list family has millions of followers. And, and so to hear from her perspective, how she learned lessons from Dr. Spotswood, what she takes away from it was like so powerful. Um, we talked about, so talking about texting, right? How mm-hmm. people now do all kinds of communicating over texting. So we we brought it down to apologizing. So I had an apologies expert on who talked about apologizing, but then we broke it down further and we talked about, but what about when we apologize over text or email or any other digital platform? What does that mean? to our apology, to the receiver? What does it mean for the sender, right? And so that was like a super interesting conversation. And and then the next episode was with Passion and Wendy Santos, who um, Passion is a comedian here in Hawaii. She's very well loved. And it was amazing to hear, you know, what's really cool, what I love about the podcast is that I'm not interviewing my guests about their story necessarily. Like we're just having a deep conversation about a topic that we just learned about. So it's kind of like a fancy book book club, but it's, Mm -hmm. you know, we listen to something together and then we break it down. And the other one that's already up is about fubbing. Fubbing is phone plus snubbing. So it's when you ignore someone because you are interacting with your phone, right? So you're in the presence of someone else, but you're interacting with your phone but we boiled it down even farther. So it's really, it's a great episode for anyone, um, but we boiled it down even farther. This was actually my thesis paper was written on this. So this is the episode four and five were on parental fubbing. So when parents ignore their children, what are the impacts to our children and our communication with our children when we fub them? And um, so you get to learn a new word. I'm, I'm amazed. Like I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm just like, cause I'm like, I've never heard that. So now I am like, I can't wait. Cause I'm, but look, as soon as you said it, I'm like, what about when the kids do it to the parents? Like, I mean, but yeah. that's because I have a 16 year old. So um, yep. But no, I'm looking this up totally. and this was your thesis. So I can't even imagine that had to be so much fun. I mean, oh, of course it- I'm geeking out right now. It was a lot. It was a lot for sure. And definitely, you know, it puts a a big spotlight on your own life and how you fub your children. And, you know, I think the reason I wanted to take it from that perspective of the parent fubbing the child is because we do often always, we're very, we're very individualistic, which is the, just the way our society raised us. Right. So we Mm -hmm. don't need to feel bad about that. Like that is just a fact. And so we do often think about us so how things are impacting us. So mm-hmm. yes, we always focus on, oh, my child has too much screen time or they're fubbing me or, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's like how we're impacted. And so it was to like flip it and to think about, okay, like let's think about our actions because in communication, it's not just sending a message. Mm-hmm. There's a receiver mm-hmm. and the way the receiver perceives the message is just as important as the sending of the message. And that's come up over and over and every, that's probably been the, the connecting vein through every single communication topic is the other perspective. It's like bringing us back. Okay. Let's remind ourselves again of the other perspective, you know, when it comes to um, what we post on social media, consider the other perspective when it comes to (sighs) cyberbullying. Consider the other perspective when it comes to body image, consider mm-hmm. the other perspective. And so mm-hmm. those are episodes that will be dropping in, in November and December, uh, cyberbullying, body image, um, and then deception, like I said, just dropped. And so I'll have the, the reaction episode, if you will, with my girlfriend, Mika Miyashima, who's the KIT <gasps> evening I anchor. know who she is. Yeah, it, it's a great conversation, you know, about deception. Um, she, right off the bat, she's like, oh, I lied on this. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, sis. All right. Let's just, yes, let's just go there. <laughs> that is so awesome. Cause me and my husband talk about the send receive portion all the time. And he's always like, it's the way you receive it. I said, no, it's actually in the way you send it, you know? And, and for me as ever since, you know, when I first started my business, I felt like, and this is why I talk about leadership a lot. 
when we're starting a business and you work in the community, you know, you work with the food bank, you're always in the community, you're always helping, you're always serving. When we're servant leaders, we don't really sign up to be influencers, but it's a, it's a responsibility that comes with the territory that we're not prepared for. And so of course, you know, you're in front of the camera and of course you're looking at communication, you're looking at your passion. You're not even realizing that everything you post from now on out is being scrutinized because we grew up thinking that that's a celebrity thing, but social media has now made it our responsibility too. And so to your point, I don't post a lot and I never post what I feel because I always know that that may ruin some relationships, whether professionally, personally, whatever, but there are days when I'm angry because I don't necessarily, I, I want to be influential, but I mean, now I'm almost silenced, you know, to the point where I can't even start some conversations without it becoming a thing because on social media, you can't control, you know, both sides of the coin so much, especially on personal pages and things like that. You don't want to delete somebody's comment and make them feel like it doesn't matter. But also, you know, everybody is now an influencer. People post things and this is my, my thing. People post things. And of course, my kids love to come tell me, they come tell me about full house and, and things that, you know, were created in our time that they think are new because somebody in their generation has said, oh, it's new, you know, but, but that, and that's why I love that you're in communication because it's, it's about leveraging the conversation. You know, it's, it's, there's so much that goes behind it that, that we must think about. And that has to do with, you know, intentional you know, being intentional in our communication before we respond. It's okay to wait to respond. It's okay to plan your response. It's okay to, you know, pace yourself, you know, because emotions, they, they can ruin a lot of things. And you can, and I also thought about empathy. Like you, you said something a little while ago, I can't remember what it was, but I was thinking like as an empath, I always think about the receiver always before I actually do things. And sometimes it prevents me from communicating because I'm so worried about that person or those people and how they may feel that I never send a message. And then they're like, but wait, you didn't tell us anything. And I'm like, that's for your own protection. Mm -hmm. Well, so I'll give you a word for um, a communication word for what we are experiencing right now. Uh, yeah. She got her pen out. <laughs> oh, I got it. I got it. I'm ready. I so, stay ready. Um, we know mass media right? Mm -hmm. you know what the mm -hmm. mass media is. So that's when we broadcast and there are many people that get our message, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's through TV or through a newspaper. It's a mass media platform. And then we've got interpersonal communication, mm -hmm. which is what you and I are doing right now, right? Mm -hmm. You and I are speaking. Um, it's what I do with my daughter and my husband, right? So it's usually between two, two people, um, maybe more, but it's a, it's a close intimate relationship an interpersonal relationship and that's interpersonal communication. And in the middle now we've got something called mass personal communication. Ooh. And so that is what we do on social media. We, and, and granted it depends on whether you have a private account or you don't, but even when you have a private account, it is still mass personal. It's on a different mm -hmm. level than someone like me with whatever, 35,000 followers, you know, but if you've got 300 friends following you, you're, that's still a mass personal platform because when you post that image or that Instagram story or that Facebook post, whatever it is, many people can see that and appraise it and judge it. And, um, it's a form of communication with them. They are receiving something from you, a message, right? And so, and then there's another side of mass personal, which is that, um, for example, you could have someone you don't know at all that, in, that DMs you. So mm -hmm. now you're accessible to, <sighs> you know, or spam messages, you know? Yes. So there's those two sides of a mass personal, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I like having that word to kind of just um, neatly put <laughs> social media into a bucket for me and they help me make sense of it. And you're so right. I mean, on social media, it's important to know, to, to, learn, to learn about communication because then it can help you to communicate your message in the way that you would like to, and that you intend to. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is thinking about the receiver and how they're going to receive whatever it is that you're posting. 
you know, I look back and I, I know that we all went through this together, right? Those of us that are in our thirties and forties, right? Like we mm-hmm. didn't know, we, we restarted using this as just a way to communicate with our friends and family. Um, and it turned into like this branding machine and yes. um, businesses and um, then algorithms changed. And, and so, I, you know, I'm with you if you experienced what I did, which was like a freak out moment in the middle where I'm like, oh my God, yesterday, 500 people commented on this. And today I have two likes. Thank yep. you, algorithm. And panicked and hired someone to help me who I didn't know what they were doing, found out later they were following and unfollowing people. That's yep. not how I want to yep. gain followers. Exactly. Or bur- but, buy them. 1999, right. you can buy followers. Yeah. You know, I don't want to do that. That's not, that's not what I'm trying to build. And, and also at that time, and there's nothing wrong with this, you know, especially for a business, I think. Um, but as a person who's a brand, it, it became a little problematic because it was like, well, what's doing well? what's doing well, continue doing what does well. And that was bikini photos, which I'm not afraid to post bikini photos. I think you should be proud and loud about, you know, your body in whatever shape it is. And, you know, you do you, um, but, you know, I look back on that and I, I, especially after interviewing a body image expert, you know, I can, I can separate myself from that and go, you don't know what you don't know till you know it. And, that I can feel disappointed in, you know, I, I still feel like the caption was probably right on point with, you know, um, this is my journey and talking yeah. about how people would bully me for being skinny when I was little and da, 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 da. But I can also look back on it and go, eh, I, I probably could have done that a little bit better if I had been really thinking about the fact that I do influence people. Mm-hmm. And as an influencer, that that's a responsibility of mine. Mm-hmm. And, and also it's not just that, but it's being true to who I am and yeah. being authentic. And so it's been a really interesting journey for me when it comes to social media. I think these days I use it to, um, to, I've identified my values and so I use it in a way that I hope influences others and inspires them. And so if you, you know, look on my social pages, it's either, you know, work stories, but I'd also try with my work stories for them to, you know, the one I posted today was um, to encourage volunteers to help deliver food boxes to Maui's, you know, um, food insecure Kiki or our kids. Wow. And you know, so, and then with my podcast, like clearly, you know, I feel like that could help so many people. So I I try to put out content that can help people. And then when I share about my life, I try to not just share the beautiful, we live in Hawaii, right? Anika, I mean, it would be so, so easy for us to just post a pretty picture every single day. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with it. But, you know, I, I like to be a little more intentional with my social Mm -hmm. because of my position. And, you know, so I try to post the, the tough moments too, you know, I've, I've posted about, I mean, it took me a while to get comfortable with posting that animation, you know, about my, Mm -hmm. my loss, but, you know, I try to post things that might, Oh, what was it? Media that changes. I just heard a podcast the other day and someone said something like, I want to make media that changes the social conscious or something like that. Mm. And it just like resonated with me, you know, that I I've kind of been looked down upon for being a content creator by certain people in my circles. Um, I think it's, it, you, I, it's a little understandable just because, you know, we grew up in, in this and now the way that you can view like a, a quote unquote influencer, right. Mm-hmm. Is there are a lot of influencers out there that, you know, are just going for the followers or maybe posting things that like, I, I might not want to my kids to be influenced in that way, yeah. or, you know? And so when you're, you're all kind of bunched together, <laughs> into this one category of what does it mean to be an influencer? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so I can understand it, but 
I, I really try. I really try. And maybe in the past, I, I could have been lumped in with, <laughs> you know, some of those uh, influences that might not have been as positive, but especially these days, I try to make sure that it's a positive influence, even if it's posting the negative parts of my life, you know, like, and that's my- important because people yeah. want to know that you're real. I mean, people follow who they know, like, and trust. And so, you know, you talk about content creation and unfortunately, even me, I've struggled between coach and consultant because coaches even, you know, it's a thing now. And I'm like, you know, but I'm educated. Like there's a difference. And they're like, do you have an ICF certification? I'm like, no, I have a master's and almost a PhD, you know, like there's a thing, but I say it's all about intent. And ultimately I'm at a point where people can call us whatever they want, but you're putting something out that is, is underrepresented. I mean, nobody is talking about breaking this down. I did see on the news like two days ago, they're finally talking about the influence of Facebook and Instagram on teens. Uh, we, as parents, we know that. We've known that, but now they're having the conversation. So I say, you know, everybody has an opinion, but I, we need your content. So I need you to keep creating. So I'm, I guess that's why I had that look. So I'm like, no, like you were talking about something. And, and also what I identify, you're bridging the gap between research and reality. And, and as, a, as an industrial organizational psychologist, that's actually one of my, my jobs in our um, committee is to bridge the gap between research and practice. Because there are a lot of people that don't know what we do as researchers. And as you know, when you hit master's PhD level, we need people to know what's happening. And you also mentioned people don't have access to that unless they're in a university system or they're paying into Pearson, which I don't think anybody is. You know, and so we, it, they need us. We are bridging the gap between what we're learning and also the evolution of, you said, of communication theory. And so we need you. And so to your point, you know, people are going to have an opinion no matter what, but I'm grateful that you share both sides of the coin and that you share your journey because storytelling, as you mentioned, is the key to to, and I don't want to say marketing or branding, but it's the key to helping people move from where they are to where they want to be. I absolutely agree with you. You know, it's, it's been a journey. <laughs> Sorry, my daughter. She's like, she's like yelling in the background. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye. Please be quiet. Five more minutes. Oh my gosh. Okay. She's still, she does this like um, role-playing. So she's doing her role-playing and I'm like, so I, I muted while you're talking so that you can't hear it in your background. I can't hear oh, it. Goodness. Believe it or not, I can't okay. hear it. I, my okay, my eight-year-old is autistic and he he's always singing and making noise. Yesterday I had my computer over here and he's coming in with the box on his head. And then I said, do y'all see my son with the box on his head? He said, you're blowing my cover. I was like, oh my gosh. I, I So honestly, like most times I don't even edit the podcast because I tell everybody we're real women with real lives, with real responsibilities. And half the time I don't, I don't edit. We have people in <laughs> oh Chicago my. that I'm interviewing. They got sirens and stuff. And I'm like, we're real women. Like people <laughs> need to know that it's okay because you know, there's this perception that everything has to be perfect all the time. And I'm like, it doesn't, we're not perfect. We are literally doing our best with what we got. And this is the world we're living in now. Well, I just gave my, my daughter came in with a worksheet uh, and needed guidance. So she's going to be cutting out animals that have two legs and four legs and pasting them in the proper place. All right now. Okay. <laughs> oh, anywho. Um, yes. Well, you know, communication, like you said earlier, is a huge part of everyone's life and every, every role that you take in your life. And so I, I just feel privileged to kind of be in a position where I can have a a say and I can, you know, help to bring that to people so that we can together work towards, you know, on unlocking our communication potential, because we all have the potential to do better and be better in every part of our lives. And once we realize that and we let go of the perfectionism, trust me, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I get it. I'm still working on it. (laughs) It's tough. It's a process and giving ourselves grace in those moments is so important. And so I'm just 
so thankful that you um, showed interest and that you've given me this opportunity to talk about what I'm passionate about on your podcast. I just wanted to thank you so much. And I love what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Gosh, I'm so proud of you. You're getting your PhD at 40, like goals, goals, sister. Yes, yes, yes. And it's never too late, never too late. But thank you so much for being here. I want you to tell everybody how to find you. And of course, I'll put the link in the description. So tell them all the places to find you. You can find me almost anywhere. Yep. (laughs) And it's at Malika Dudley. So M-A-L-I-K-A-D-U-D-L-E-Y. And if you search that, as I was saying earlier, if you search that in the, any podcasting app, we're on Apple, Spotify, all all the places um, you can find me in those podcasting apps and the podcast will pop up. I only have one. So it's the only one that's going to pop up. And I have a website. It's MalikaDudley.com where you could find any and all of that information. Yeah. Thank you so much for being an inspiration. Um, You've been an inspiration to me and I know you've been an inspiration to so many. Um, Thank you just for being you. I really appreciate you. You're so sweet. You're gonna make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in to another edition of Your Voice, Your Power with Anika. And you know what I'm gonna say. Stay out.